man, I'll tell you what, it feels good to be on summer break, no more lesson plans. My buddy Kirkland and I, we're going to be recording soon on a classic Tales of the TMNT uh, Volume 2, Issue 7. Really excited about that. Uh, but man, I just haven't been feeling right. I don't know, it's, it, life is good and everything, but I just feel sick. I don't know, I mean, I know Razar bit me, but he's a fox, so that shouldn't really, shouldn't really matter too much. I just feel weird. I want to say anything else I can do. Let's see what's in the fridge. Eh, nothing. Nothing good, at least. Oh, man. Um, guess I could just read for a little bit. No, I'm gonna... I've already read all these comics. Uh, hmm. Oh, gosh, my head is killing me. Oh. Oh, my stomach. Oh, what is happening to me? Oh, gosh. Is that a full moon? Oh no! Oh, Ninja Pizza, I got your pizza out here. I swear, if you try to play in lollipops this time, I'm gonna go ballistic. Wait, 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 wait. Is that... Is that you? Yeah, I, t I had to take up a job. The gig economy, man. No money. <laughs> Summer break. Summer break hits me hard. Oh, well, dude, that's exactly what I needed was a good old slice of pizza. Thank you, man. Well, what kind you order again? Uh, mushroom and pepperoni, please. Well, here's anchovy. Take it. Anchovy! Cowabunga, did you do that? And welcome to another episode of Turtle Tales Radio. I am your host, Rob, and join with me, as always, on these Tales of the TMNT episodes is my main man, my partner, Ninja Turtle Crime, Mr. Kirkonardo. How are you? Konnichiwa. I'm, I'm good. Hey, life is really good, isn't it? Now that I'm not a werewolf anymore and it's summer break. Oh, man, this is great. Yeah, you would have blown a fortune in buying razors. <laughs> I know, having like a five o'clock shadow at 101. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know, I know, man. But uh, I'll tell you what, man. It feels great to have some time off. It's a beautiful, beautiful. As we're recording this, it is Tuesday morning at 9.46 a.m. Man, it's just absolutely incredible outside. And, uh, buddy, how does it feel to be on summer break, our first week? It doesn't even feel like it, to be honest. Everything feels so rushed. <laughs> It really does. It's so surreal, isn't it? It's like, wow, it's over. <laughs> and I don't know if you're like me, man. It's like uh, at the end of the summer, I start thinking, well, I, I, excuse me, at the end of the school year, I'm like, oh, man, I don't, know, I, think I, I don't think I could do this another year. And then by the end of the summer, you're like, you know what? Maybe I could give it one more year. <laughs> they trick me every year. 
Yeah. <laughs> they entice me with... I don't know what they entice me with. Pizza. They entice me with minute amounts of money. Because <laughs> minute, amount, minute amounts, uh, you know, it's better than no amount. I hear, I hear exactly. that. Exactly. And stories of old. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, man. Well, guys, we are finally back to a Turtle Tales episode. Um, so... We are returning to Tales of the TMNT, uh, Volume Two, Issue Seven today, and we've been uh, we've been wanting to do this one for quite some time. And I, I forgot it's a uh, it's a Steve Murphy story, but Jim Lawson drew it. Uh, but yeah, this this is uh, this one came out way back in it looks like January of two thousand five. Um, but yeah, this is a kind of a Halloween themed uh, uh, comic book. But before we get into that, man, have you been up to anything Ninja Turtles lately? Mm, I saw a guy do a playthrough of the demo of Shredder's Revenge. It looks pretty good. Oh, man. Doesn't it look good? Are you going to get the hard copy when it comes out? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be honest, no. That's a quick answer. (laughs) (laughs) I'm broke. Yeah, Uh, I I hear you. It looks really good, though. Um, I don't know. I may end up getting it. I'll I'll probably actually wait until it goes on sale. I haven't played a game since Final Fantasy VII Remake. I just... Like I said, everything feels so rushed. I wake up and I'm like, "Crap, it's ten at night. I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> what am I gonna do here? I don't know. An impending sense of dread. It's like feels like something's coming up. I don't know. I'll get a. I'll probably end up playing it at some point. I just don't. I don't know. I don't know how big of a game it is. So it, I don't know what the price tag is. So like, if it's like a full price game, it's like I don't know for for. Probably, I would imagine you could probably beat it in five hours if I if mm-hmm. I had to guess, you know. Um, and I just don't see paying full price for that. I mean, it looks great, and I really I like the overworld map. I didn't see that, or it's it's more like akin to um, like Super Mario World. Oh, cool! Where you go from dot to dot for each level, and I saw there was I think there was at least nine levels. I think. Oh, you you know what I wish they would do? I don't, have you ever played the original game, the original Turtles one? Mm-hmm. I love the uh, the overworld cutscene in that where you're going from building to building. I wish they would do that, like that that kind of cutscene, but you're going from level to level. Well, it's kind of reminiscent of how that city block looks. Oh, cool. Uh, well, they go to like I think it was level nine said like Coney Island Crisis or something like that. It's it's really cool. The it it is. Have you seen like a lot of the? Not a ton of gameplay footage. The only thing I've seen is the Kevin Eastman collection that that's coming with the. Uh, the hard copy, it is really tempting, but I think it's close to a hundred dollars, and ooh, I don't know if I can break down and buy all that. But it, it's—I think this game's going to be a major hit, so I might. You know, oh, since I think it's, it's going to be a really good game. I mean, it—it—it's it, kind of—it kind of looks like a love letter to a bunch of the other different turtle games. I mean, you've got oh yeah, uh, that that world map is—it kind of looks like the original. I mean, it's a lot more cartoony now, and you know updated but it, it it's kind of it kind of reminded me uh reminiscent of of that original nes game and then obviously you've got a lot of the turtles and time stuff and um like that first level that there was like stuff from the arcade game where the foot soldiers were like in cars and they could run you over oh, you could cool. fall down the manholes like in turtle in time and the cool thing that that I'd forgotten about, but like you remember on Turtles in Time, where at the beginning of the stage it'd show like an outline of the boss, mm-hmm. and and it'd be like just solid color. They yeah. they mm-hmm. they do that again. Oh, um, cool! And 
Yeah, I mean, like some of the moves that the turtles use, there was like um, one of the ones that Leonardo uses. Uh, it's kind of like that um, missile type projectile move he uses on um, Tournament Fighter. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. instead of a Hadouken, he's got like something he shoots out of his sword. It kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, there's and, and the, it looks like it it plays like really nice. And the, the guy said that um, I don't remember who it was that was playing it, but he said it's a lot more. It's got a lot more depth to the combat system than you would think it does, so that's really cool. And uh, they all have different stats. So like um, Michelangelo, I think is the fastest. Donatello has the longest range, which that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And strongest weapon. Well, you would think, but I think his I think his power was the lowest. That I got I got oh, enough wow. points for that. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know, but. Um, Splinter, he's got like the highest power, but his speed's like not high. And to me, that just doesn't make like I would think that he's. I know he's old, but I'd think he's faster. I I would think that that's like his his strong point is that he's fast, but I, I don't know. Well, actually, you know, I, I'm surprised he's even a playable character at all because of the 2003 Splinter, and I would say the Splinter in this comic book issue. Always having the turtles do the work. Well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know something about it. Just I guess when we read uh, Seeds of Destruction, you know, he looks like Bruce Lee, so you think <laughs> he's true. pretty doggone quick. But it looks really good, though. And honestly, if I do get it, um, as weird as it, well, it's not really weird, but like April seems like she'd be the funnest character to play. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Blaze was my favorite character in the Streets of uh, Rage series. Uh, I just liked her move set. She was quick. So sometimes those female characters are are the best characters to play. Well, no, I don't say it because she's female. I say it because like she's like they made her like she she's kind of like Chun Li. Oh, cool! But she doesn't have like I, I don't think she has like the uh, rapid fire kick. But like her moveset kind of looks like Chun Li, but but it's not really like as martial artsy as the rest of the characters. And she relies like on. News equipment and like I think she's got like a sledgehammer or something like that. <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, we'll go with that. That's awesome. Yeah, any news on a release date yet? Uh, I would imagine it's bound to be soon. I, I would say sometime this summer if I had to get. Well, that, maybe that's what I was maybe thinking. closer. To, maybe closer to the end of the year. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm, I was hoping to play it over the summer. That'd be incredible because it's a great summer game. You know, people are yeah. off, kids are off. Uh, oh man, it, it'd be wonderful. But yeah, that, that's definitely something to be excited about. And also, guys, uh, as we're recording this, it's the last day in May. But here coming up, we got the Armageddon game coming up for free comic book day. Sophie Campbell knocked it out of the ballpark with her homage to the original issue, plus kind of giving a preview of what's to come with the Armageddon game. And I was at the comic book shop this past week, and I picked up the Rat King collection. For those of you guys who might not know, the Ninja Turtles, uh, all four of the Turtles... And a lot of the side characters like April, uh, I think Shredder had his own collection as well. They all have uh, their own colored collections now. And usually it's about three or four comic books. And the Rat King collection I thought was kind of interesting. Of course, they've got the the debut of Rat King, which we've covered that one with Jim Lawson. That was Tales of the TMNT Volume 1, Issue 4, I Monster. But then they have the TMNT Adventures, Issue 11, which... I don't think I have this one, which I'm shocked about. Um, what's cool about this is the story was written by Ryan Brown and Dean Clorain, and Ryan Brown also did the inks for the original issue uh, with Jim Lawson. And Jim, he draws it, but he didn't do the story on this one, so that's kind of interesting. 
And then the TMNT IDW issue 36, uh, where the story was done by Kevin Eastman, Bobby Kernow, and Tom Waltz, um, and Matias Santaloco, or, or I guess it's Matias Santaloco. He's the one who drew that one. So really cool collection, very different kind of collection. I um, I almost kind of hope they would have added the City at War arc with, uh, especially how he's messing with Splinter. But, you know, I know they only had so much real estate and they wanted to kind of pull from different uh, eras and incarnations. So, But anyways, yeah, that's been out for about a month. And there's going to be a big collection with all four of the Ninja Turtles and their collections. Uh, it's going to be a giant trade for $29.99 or the – it's going to be a full-color trade paperback, which is 408 pages. That will be 30 bucks. That's coming out in um, June. So – Stay tuned for that. Some cool things coming up this month. Oh, and also, 200 episodes of Turtles Forever. Well, kind of. It's it's basically Turtle Flakes mainly. That was 140 some episodes. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but a good uh, a good 50 or 60 of them have been the Turtle Tales radio episodes combined with it. So we're we're nearing the corner of 200 episodes. And while I haven't talked to our special guest yet, we're hoping to have a friend of the show on for our 200 episode. Kirkland, you know who I'm referring to, but I don't want to say anything publicly yet, just in case it doesn't work out. But yeah, really excited about that, and we'll be moving to some era episodes. And with that, there might be some cool ideas down the pike that we were going to do, some things we've never covered before with uh, Turtle Tales Radio or Turtle Flakes. So stay tuned for that. And with all that, I think it's about time to talk about this comic. What do you think? That sounds good to me. All right, we'll jump right into it. All right. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. So this here is Tales of the TMNT, um, Volume 2, Issue 7. Uh, came out in January of 2005. And I'll just read the inside cover here. Um, this is... the. It's called The Future. Lots of people write in asking which creators will be working on upcoming issues of Tales. Others ask which turtles will be appearing in which issues. So then, here's a glimpse of the next seven issues. Uh, This is from Steve Murphy, by the way. Uh, Issue 8 is entitled Virus and is written and drawn by Dan Berger, based on a plot by uh, Dan and Peter Laird. It stars Raphael and features a certain ornery old mutated gator. Ah, there you go, Kirkland. Number 9 is called The Path. This is entirely done by Jim Lawson and focuses on Michelangelo and Clunk, the cat. 10 is by Murphy and Disraeli. Uh, and features, ooh, this is a good issue. Man, there's some, there's some home runs coming up here. Um, 10 is by Murphy and Disraeli and features Donatello in a solo tale involving Jewish mysticism. The working title is Kaddish. 11 is entitled The Quick and the Dead and is written by Murphy, based on the Murphy-layered plot, uh, with art by Scott Cohn and Sean Parsons. The whole gang is featured, including Splinter. And 12, like this issue, stars Raphael and Shadow, but it's by Murphy and Dario Brizuela. The story is called Paris Nocturne. Guess where it takes place? And 13 and 14 are a two-parter called Loops, featuring the art by Rick Remender and Mike Manley and words by Murphy. Plot by Murphy and Laird, and get this, it stars not one, but four Leonardos. And remember, with this issue, Tales goes monthly. So, yeah. This is the beginning of the monthly and legendary run that Tales of the TMNT would do in Volume 2, which would far surpass the Volume 4 run. I think Volume 4 went up to 38 issues. 
Tales Volume Two went up to like seventy. It's it's funny how the the side series ends up going longer than the main run. Yeah, that's enough of my rambling. Do you want to go ahead and describe the frontispiece here with uh, Shadow Jones? Yeah, but before I do, I gotta say, don't read this on Comicsology. Oh, really? Why is that? Viewing that is it's horrible. I've already said that. I'm sure I have because it's been <laughs> it's been irking me for a while. But God of you, it's horrible. They've switched it up to where you have to go to the Kindle app to to use it, and it Ooh. just ugh, it just does not work on a laptop screen. Anyway, uh, Raphael and I'm guessing that Shadow mm-hmm. is they 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 are. They are surrounded by lycanthropists, uh, werewolves, and they got some ugly-looking snouts. Looks, one of them looks like been socked in the nose already, or she, I should say. <laughs> and Shadow has a sorry, I hit my mic there. Shadow, Shadow has a a surreal uh, likeness to the late nineties. The, the late nineties, yeah, yeah, that yes. One. Yeah, which kind of makes sense once you read the book. She looks different on the front page. She's got red hair there instead of jet black. Okay. And she has posters of, it looks like, I don't know, pop artists or something. She's got a lot of, uh, she's got some Hello Kitty stuff going on there. Um, I think she's got My Neighbor Totoro somewhere in this comic. And she's drinking a Coke, listening to her state-of-the-art Walkman. <laughs> Well, no, it's laying there beside her diary. She's reading her diary, and let me try to get zoomed in here. Uh, she's got knives on the wall, too, when you zoom in, and darts thrown at the wall. Oh, and there's a doll of Hellboy up there in the... I saw that. Very nice. Yeah, I didn't, zo- I didn't see that until I zoomed in. Uh, this diary isn't even five years old. It's like it's not even me who wrote this. I was so, so different. I used to be filled with so much anger. I used to be such a jerk. I've forgotten so much about myself that it's almost scary, but I've never forgotten about Sloane or Lilith. I think about them every time the moon is full, and every time the moon is full, I get a little freaked out. Make that a lot freaked out. And you know why? No? Well, then let me tell you a story. So I love this frontispiece here. So you said her hair's red here in the color version? Oh, you're reading black and white. Yes, yes. I've got the original print here. Yeah, her hair's red in the color version uh, on the front, The front, which you'd have that in color too, right? The, you talk about the cover? Yeah, the cover. Yeah, the cover, she's got like a purplish black hair. Yeah. Yeah, she's she's very, um, I guess gothic is the, the I don't know mm-hmm. if that's the correct term or not, but but she's more, uh, more uptown pop type uh, chick in the, in the next page, yeah. You're right. Uh, this was done by Michael Dooney, who was the same guy who did the cover art for um, the third Ninja Turtles game, Manhattan Project, my favorite. It's a good looking one. Yeah, I know. He's so detail oriented. I love his work. I know. He paid. He, he did such good detail on that 17 magazine down in the right hand corner. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sure did. No, he really does go into a lot of detail, though. He like he, he he does do a good job on this whole on this whole cover. There's so many little things that you don't like. I'd say if I zoom in, I could probably tell what that. Uh, no, I don't know what that one is, but it says 04 on it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's there's all kinds of stuff. Like if you if you zoom in, you can see there's pictures of the turtles on the wall. There's She's that got big a Hello moon. Kitty calendar. Mm-hmm. Yep, there's a moon outside. 
Well, yeah, see, that's the thing about, like, guided view is it cuts part of the picture out. Like, so some spots in the in the uh, panel you can't even see at all because it only gives you so many views. But it looked like a, um, uh, what do you call them, a Malboro from Final Fantasy VII, the, the green things with the tentacles on their head. Oh, my gosh, I forgot about and those. And it yeah. gives you status inflictions. Yeah. How do you forget about those? They're horrible. <laughs> you just... You got to put them out of your mind. They make yeah, you so mad. Got, yeah, exactly. Traumatizing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so our story is called Darkness Weaves. The plot was done by Steve Murphy and Eric Talbot. The script was done by Murphy and the pencils by Lawson, inks and balloons by Talbot. Cover was done by Lawson and Talbot. Frontispiece was by Dooney. And the letter page art is by Dan Berger. Um, and this might be the first thing that Dan Berger's worked on here in Volume 2. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of his stuff too. Uh, so yeah, we get this weird opening scene of this lady and I guess she's singing. Um, but you know, we find out a little bit later, there's a lot more going on with her than uh, we originally thought. And it says songs of stories, songs of songs, like the one inside me to which you belong. And the longing is inside me, both young and so old, as old as our mothers, as old as their song, song of our mothers, song of the moon. For some, it's a bane. For others, a boon. So you see this lady on stage. Zoom up. Zoom in on her. Her eyes are closed. And then zoom in on her uh, one more time uh, onto her lips. Flip the page. And once again, she's singing. Or maybe she's rapping. Maybe this is a whole just uh, some kind of rap she's doing. Um, so it says, Down through the ages and all through the gloom, we stalk alone through the darkness. No need for a groom. All right, now she's in the moonlight here, which is fascinating. Uh, Lot's wife had it right. Forget the so-called king. One can always look back and join the chorus and sing. And she's surrounded by wolves here in the moonlight. Song of our mothers, song of the moon. For some, just a bane. For us, it's a boon. And then you got Shadow, uh, who looks you know a little bit different from Dooney's version. Um, she goes, Lilith, you are so cool. So she is totally into this music, whatever this creepy music is. So I figured I'd leave this next scene to you, buddy. She's got the uh, her headphones plugged into the TV, and she was watching a music video of this little lady. And she says, crap, I didn't realize the time. And says, I still remember looking at the clock, shutting off the video. <laughs> so she, I guess she has like a, I don't know if it came on TV, if she had like a VHS of the video. I would imagine it came on TV. I don't now, know. Now, I wonder, I wonder, speaking of that, I wonder if Beavis and Butthead, like, what they would say about this video. <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> That's, well, Raphael's about to, I think he's about to channel his inner Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> so, she says, uh, grabbing my cash. So, she sticks some cash in her pocket, checking in on Splinter, and Splinter's asleep, dreaming about who knows what running on a wheel i don't know <laughs> he's got one this, eye open though this thing never ends <laughs> bolting past dawn's workroom so he's welding at 12 o'clock you know midnight so that's <laughs> there we go that's about right yep nothing out of the norm uh and out of the layer no problem i remember hoping that the stank not stink the stank of sewer didn't stick to my clothes <laughs> which that you know, that's kind of like, I didn't even think about that. But Yeah, something you don't think about much. Yep. So she starts to walk out, and then we see Raph at the corner, and he says, ah, him. And then she gives out a 
I guess that's a five-letter word. No, it's a four-letter word with an exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Pound sign S at Epsilon. <laughs> Raphael. And the uh, text bubble there, it's like, it's not a flat bubble. Like, it's got, like, spikes on the bottom yeah, of it. Yeah, I thought like, that was interesting. Like, uh, like she's speaking in dread or something. Hmm. And, and it matches her face because she's, like, frowning. She's like, Raphael, boo-hoo. Um, and he says, it's almost midnight. Let me guess. You're going out to meet Sloan. And she says, yeah, so. And he says, she's bad news. She's wild and disciplined. And she said, you should talk. And he says, touche. Yep, touche. But she's, she's still bad news. Trust me. I know these things. He's got his hands on his hips, kind of like an old grandma with size in her belt loop. <laughs> and she says, really? I never knew you were once a 13-year-old girl. And he's like, you know, just the look on his face. He's like, I'm going to clothesline you. And she says, Raphaela. Ooh. Yeah. And he's still got his hands on his hips. And she crosses her arms. And he says, don't get smart. Where are you going? And she says, a concert. He says, a concert in the midnight hour? I didn't know you were into jazz. And she says, jazz? What? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to. She goes, the Lilith Fair. And he says, that Sarah McLaughlin thing? <laughs> that tour that played in the city last because that is kind of what that reminds me of <laughs> that Sarah McLaughlin thing uh, that, tour, uh, that tour that played in the city last summer and uh, you know I'm not quite as out of touch with things as Master Splinter is whatever it is that you're up to no not on our watch get back inside and she says fine so I don't know if I don't know if like he doesn't believe that she's going to, uh, that she's lying about where she's going to, or if he just can't believe that she would go to it when it with the whole Sarah McLaughlin thing. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to say. I don't know. I'm guessing he doesn't believe her like that. She's actually going to that, but I think it would have been better where it's like, you're actually going to that crap. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I think that's more right. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then she pulls a she pulls a good one here. So she's um, Raph. He takes a shower. He's like, "Well, my job here is done." He goes, "Hmm, should I or shouldn't I?" Yeah, I should probably talk about apologizing. So to Raph's credit, you know, he's like, "You know what? Maybe I was a little hard on her." So he he comes into her doorway. He goes, "Hey, Shadow, no hard feelings, okay? Casey and April, they put you in our care for the weekend. I just don't want anything to happen to you, you know." Uh, Shadow, <laughs> that's like, what what does all this commotion? Kids, uh, master, I can't live with them. Can't live without them. <laughs> that splinter. Tell me about it. <laughs> He's so yep. ornery in this in this comic book. <laughs> uh, but uh, so I forgot to kind of fill in the gap here. So remember, with the tales of the TMNT books, what these are supposed to do is kind of fill in the gaps between you know the events that happened in volume one and volume two, and you know what happens between then and volume four. And Shadow was Casey's stepdaughter. I think uh, Gabby, it was back in the City at War arc, when she dies, she was pregnant with, um, excuse me, uh, Casey stayed with her, but that wasn't her, his biological daughter. But he ended up raising her anyway after Gabby had died giving birth to her. So anyways, the turtles are taking care of her during this timeline. And if you look at the age bracket, she's probably around, what, 13, 14 here. Um, Yeah, she's 13. Okay, yeah, so so quite some time has passed since those events in Volume 1. Um, but anyways, so going back to the story, yeah, Splinter goes, tell me about it. <laughs> and then Raph has to slam the door. He's, he's now going to try to find her. 
This is Sloane here. She goes, about friggin' time. It's 1230. I've been waiting here for a half an hour. Where the frig have you been? She loves that word frig. So I guess it's better than the alternative. So uh, Shadow goes, chill, Sloane. One of my uncles bagged me as I was heading out. Yet here you are. What'd you do, bribe him? Shadow goes, let's just say that I put some of the martial arts training to get some good use and snuck out. She's like, oh, not that ninja crap again. You are such a freak. And he goes, whew, smells like uh, the sewer around here. So, so a nice little callback there. So they are meeting up um, outside of this nightclub in the mid, uh, middle of the night. And Shadow goes, I might be a freak, but I pulled it off. And Sloan goes, yeah, and here we are, psyched. So they get into this nightclub, and it is packed, which would definitely be a fire hazard. Uh, so as they're going in, uh, there's a little flashback dialogue here, and it says, we were psyched. Casey and Sloan are grinning away. We were all psyched. There must have been 200 of us, all girls, all with one thing in common, an obsession with Lilith. So in this this old factory or whatever this might have been, you see these giant speakers, and like it says, um, looks like there's several hundred people here packed, you know, tight in this crowd. An obsession with Lilith. Lilith White Lilith, or Lily White Lilith. Lilith, the moon's soul mistress, the night's flower's one true voice. Lilith, who spoke to us as no one else could. The lights are going down. Yeah, and look, is that her? It is her, Lilith, Lilith! Flip the page and I'll turn it over to you, man. Alrighty, so she comes out, uh, the Lilith lady, and I'm guessing that is just a a backdrop of the full, like a, a an artificial backdrop of the full moon behind her. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, it has to be because what happens later. But uh, so she's, I guess she's singing, and it says, "See these eyes so clear, eyes that have seen through a thousand years, eyes that have seen all your hopes and fears." When I see myself, I see you. When I know myself, I know all. As above, so below. From the moon shall we flow, or we shall flow. Uh, and I don't know what she's staring at. She's putting on <laughs> some like weird dramatic. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. See these eyes so clear, eyes that have seen through a thousand years, eyes that have seen all your hopes and fears. And she just—I guess she just keeps singing the same thing over and over. Mm-hmm. The endless sea touches our shores, our souls. Longing for so much more, as within, so without, from our hearts, blood shall flow. And she keeps going back to that same chorus. When I see, when I see myself, I see you. When I know myself, I know you. And they're all like in a trance, I guess. She's like hypnotizing them, it seems like, because they all look like they've, I don't know, taken a bunch of, I don't know, Adderall <laughs> or something. Uh, when the outside gets in, the blood makes us grow. See these eyes so clear, eyes that have seen through a thousand years. And, and the, uh, the stage assistants are, you know, they're, they're, they, I guess they're rock, they're soft rocking out over there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Raphael's, <laughs> he's up on the, I forgot about this line. And he's sneaking along and he just says, man, she sucks. <laughs> she sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was thinking Beavis and Butthead, they would always recycle some of the same stuff in the videos, uh, like the music videos. And there's always one yeah. scene where they're just both kind of looking like in horror or like, uh, it's just a cut of them. Yeah. And you can tell it's like an early Beavis and Butthead cut because their drawings are like really crude. And they just have like yeah, this gross, like disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can just imagine that be the response to this. Yeah. Man. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, this sucks. 
I'll tell you what else sucks is comicsology because I can't <laughs> see that bottom panel to see what the dialogue box is. Oh, I got you covered, buddy. So, uh, yeah, so Raph, he's, <laughs> he's given his commentary, his, his feelings about all this, as he's trying to make sure that Shadow's okay, you know, because, hey, Casey did entrust uh, the Turtles. And I love that, you know, because remember, Raph and Casey, they're really, really tight. I love that Raph is the one that goes out on the, the night watch here. So as he's kind of sneaking around the rafters, he goes, but all those girls, they're really getting into her. No accounting for bad taste, I guess. So once again, this Lilith lady, she has her eyes closed, and even her even her dress is has got this kind of hypnotic twirly design to it. And she goes, "Eyes that have seen all your hopes and fears. Eyes that have seen all your hopes and fears. Eyes that have seen all your hopes and fears." All right, the dialogue gets smaller and smaller. Then she grabs these daggers, um, and once again, that moon backdrop there. See these acts so clear. Acts handed down a thousand years. Acts to erase all your dreads and fears. As above, so below. So I guess Shadow didn't know about this whole routine because she's like, what is she doing? And Sloane's like, you idiot. Oh, sorry, you freak. I thought that you read all about her liner, or read all of her liner notes. This is the, be- this is the best part, the letting. So she cuts her wrists, uh, this lady, um, into a cup. And she, as she's doing it, she goes, as within, so without. And her blood drips into the, uh, I guess, chalice here. And with that, I'll turn it right back over to you. So she proceeds to spread her hepatitis everywhere. <laughs> and she takes the chalice. And uh, she, she doesn't do like on King of the Hill and throw it off the overpass. <laughs> she gives it to all the girls and they are all into it. So she says, well, when the outside gets in, the blood makes us grow. Oof. Weirdo. Mm-hmm. Uh Anyway, these girls start drinking it, and it's just like, at first I thought, what? Who would do that? But then I remember, they're 13, they're stupid. <laughs> That's just... <laughs> and you would think that, that this is an exaggeration. No, I could ab- I was, absolutely I was see. also stupid. Yeah. I, uh... your, no, I was, I was very stupid too, but I don't <laughs> think I was drinking blood from a goblet. Um... I, I I don't know. Like I guess being so old now, it's, it's hard to imagine anybody doing something like that. But but it's just like, yeah, I I can see uh, that, that just being around right around that age group. Yeah, I I could absolutely see them just <laughs> doing that nonchalantly. Some of them at least. <laughs> so uh, and she's still singing. I guess I, I she's got her eyes closed now. I don't know if she's about to pass out from loss of blood. <laughs> but they're all just like passing this cup around, drinking it, and they're just like, yeah. And uh, Raphael's like, this is getting way too creepy. You think uh, this is getting way too creepy? And there's a there's a hum. So that, that hum is, um, he says, what's that noise? And what it is is the roof's opening. So it says, uh, some sort of automatic skylight uh, coming open. Great. And he's trying to get away from the moonlight to hide. So the little place, she's still singing from the moon. Yeah, from the moon we shall flow as the blood makes us grow. From the blood we shall flow as the moon makes us grow. And she she's so delirious she can't even remember her words now. She's getting them mixed up. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, this is like, ugh. All these girls are just sitting there. Yeah. Well, I think there's one guy there. <laughs> yeah, he must got right. along. <laughs> I'm not even supposed to be crap. here. <laughs> 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 I just went with my girlfriend. I had no idea what I was signing up for. I was promised free hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> I 
Okay, so the look on their face, I mean, it really does look like Beavis and Butthead. Like one of them, you see that girl with the star on her shirt? Uh, like her, yeah. One of her eyes is twitching, her eyes is bugged out. It looks, she looks just like somebody off Beavis and Butthead. <laughs> and there, there's Daria in the front row there. Oh, the yeah, right in, the, right in the center. And they're, they're all just watching, like, oh, yeah, this is great. Yummy. Uh, so, Raph's got to get out of the way of the shadows. He's, he's still worried about not being seen. Um, and Lil is still wailing on there. Um, it says, uh, oh, I thought it said dawn, but it doesn't say dawn. It's a curse word. The moonlight coming this way. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. It's just kind of like edging along, and it's like the moonlight's edging along, and he's going along too as it's edging closer to him. Um, Lil is still wailing. And then, uh, finally, Shadows, uh, Sloan starts drinking this blood. It, the crazy thing is, is they all drink this and, and the blood's got to run down all their chins. You know, it's like, is it really that good that you got to just like, I mean, they acting like it's grape Kool-Aid or something. And how much you know, was in there? I got to all this at once. Bah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, most of it probably ended up on the ground. So like, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like a never ending cup of, I don't know. I don't know. So, uh. She says, I'm Sloan. Do you really think that's a good idea, drinking your blood? I mean, maybe at least she has some sense. <laughs> Probably carries a lot of diseases. Yeah, yeah. I guess this was uh, before all the pandemics and everything, but, you know, still uh, you got hepatitis and, and all those other uh, STDs. Yeah. So, yeah, she said, yeah, she said, yeah I do. Your turn. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> it's a great idea. I mean, this is the part where you think she would just smack her. Just wake up. Um, and everybody's like, come on, hurry up. Drink the blood. What the frig's your problem, Shadow? Drink it. And she's going, but, but, there's no more left. No, she doesn't say there's no more left. There, I mean, it's just, it's, you can, she's looking in the goblet and it's, she's just like, this is nasty. Why would I do this? Yeah. You can tell that Shadow's trying to kind of impress Sloane. So maybe she kind of feels that pressure now, like, but uh, this feels weird. I probably shouldn't do this. Uh, yeah. So and Raph's watching all this unfold right in front of him. Yeah. So Raph here, he's at the top. He goes, "Uh oh, running out of places to hide because the moonlight's starting to come in through the uh, the ceiling here." So this lady once again doing her thing. I don't think it's anything new, um, but she basically says, "From the blood we shall flow all the moon, or as the moon makes us grow." So poor Shadow, she's looking at it once again. She's debating on whether or not she's going to drink it. So now poor Raphael, he is in the spotlight, all right, or in the moonlight. He goes, ah, crap. So he, once again, uh, he uh, sitting there, he goes, uh-oh, accidentally kicks a pebble off of one of the rafters, and it falls and hits the security person, or actually it falls right next to the security person. They go, hey. And he goes, oh, great, jig's up. She's like, most definitely, the security person says. And you can see a zoom-in shot of her her fangs here. And once again, from the moon we shall flow as the blood makes us grow. Flip the page, and here we go. Things get turned up to 11 here. So that's it. the uh, Lady Lilith, because she's got the microphone, uh, is now a werewolf, all right? And it says, as the blood makes us grow. Uh, yes, the blood makes us grow. <laughs> and I like the werewolf. I guess that's Lilith in the background still on uh, Shadow's right-hand side here. I guess it would be her left. He goes, drink, drink, yes, drink. And I guess she didn't turn around or something because she goes, oh, heck, how bad can it be? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, this this giant hairy thing tells me it's good. <laughs> it must be. So, okay, okay, this close-up shot here, right below it, doesn't that look like that weird Michelangelo meme shot? Yeah, have you ever uh, seen it? The the it's it's like a, it's a they they there's so many different memes that are based on this Michelangelo shot. It's like a live action turtles picture of Michelangelo kind of making that same face, uh, and usually there's like some kind of meme over it. But anyways, we get a close up shot of Raph here. He goes, "No, Shadow, don't! Crap, she's mesmerized and she can't hear me way up here. Shadow, no, don't do it." He jumps down here, and this is a pretty cool shot with uh, Raphael kind of jumping in the moonlight here, jumping down. <laughs> that looks like he's swimming. It does. It looks like he's swimming on the moon. Yeah. So with that, I'll turn it back over to you. So Lilith likes the word friggin' too. You friggin' fool. And she says, Raphael. And she, and she goes, what? Werewolves? <laughs> like, you know, just. <laughs> what? I mean, I don't I don't know. If you saw a werewolf, would you be like, oh, a werewolf or, you know, I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Now, in in now, of course, I'd freak out. But you know, in case, or excuse me, not Casey, in uh, Shadow's world, maybe it wouldn't be that shocking. Like, ah, not again. Well, yeah, yeah. I I forgot she used to sing. And I'd figure she'd be like Splinter's cousin. <laughs> I don't know. No, I, I did not forget that she's used to seeing a giant rat. And yeah, and this one does have a slack jaw. It looks kind of. It like. does. Yeah, that's true. Broken nose and slack jaws. <laughs> uh. And then she's like, like she's dealt with them before, bleeping <laughs> werewolves, and she slings the blood on one of them. I don't get it. That, that's what she says, not me. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten it for. <laughs> so Raphael drops down, and there's werewolves around him growling, gur gur, and he says, "Yeah, your cup almost runneth over. Uh, that blood was transformative and changes your groupies into loop groupies." <laughs> and then you flip the page, and he says, "So to speak." And then he stabs both of them. Sorry, ladies. He stabs both of them in the chest, but they're still alive. They're not down for the count yet. And then he does like a backflip kick and hits one of them in the chin. And he says, now if only I can create enough of a diversion for all the girls who didn't drink the blood to escape. And here's my favorite part. (laughs) The girls are running out on their cell phones. Eek, eek. And then the onomatopoeia used here are scream, scream. Hey, you don't see that much. I could have sworn that, yeah, I could have sworn that some of those, like, I don't know, like that one in the front calling her whoever to come pick her up. I thought she could drink the blood, but I don't know. Shadow says, um, or speaking of diversions, Raphael, could you, or I could use one right about now. She's got werewolves all around her and he is happy to oblige. So he jumps in the middle. He says, no problem, Shadow. And he starts, well, one of them, it looks kind of like he, uh, he knocked it over on the way in. The rest of them are like pouncing on him. He's got his size yeah. ready to jab into him. Yeah, these lambs. He are starts. Cool. Yeah, he starts like just. Yeah, they are. He the there's actually, honestly, I'd say that probably starting with that shot where he jumped down from the ceiling. A lot of these layouts seem a uh, these frames seem a lot more more detailed mm-hmm. than uh, or at least like the, the close up like this one right here where he says no problem and he's stabbing the werewolf. Seems like there's a lot more detail yeah. on him than there was earlier, um, and the the uh, werewolf has like square fingernails, like they're not pointy; they're like squared off. So maybe maybe that's like werewolf manicure. I don't know, <laughs> but he says no problem at all, 
and he just he keeps he keeps just jabbing away. And I like how the background is like orange here. It's not like it was kind of like purplish, you know. Oh wow! It kind of seems like yeah, that seems like his presence there. Like his, it's like orangish red because it, it was black before he gets in there, and it starts like warming up a little bit. He stabs one of them, it warms up a little bit more, and now he's like not massacring them, but he's like whooping all their hind ends and blood spewing, and and he's uh, the background's like red now, like it's it's, it's violent. Lila comes up behind and says, uh, who are you? Hits him on the back of the shell and it goes critch. And he goes, ugh, problem when he gets hit. So he's down and she interrupt the sacred letting. And then she punches him in the face and says, sock, S-O-K. <laughs> and, he, and he says, almost. Yeah, almost didn't time, didn't time that, right? Like, it's cool. Like, you think he gets, I thought he got hit in the face. Mm-hmm. But I guess he's doing a backflip to evade. That's cool. That's a cool shot. It's one of those layouts where it's it shows him multiple times in the same frame to kind of signify motion. Yeah, that's cool. So he does a, he does like a backflip, gets away. So now he and Shadow are stuck right in the middle of a bunch of werewolves, and it's probably where I should let you talk because, yeah. Oh, thanks, buddy. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah, it's a good I'm reason, like- right? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> No. Uh, so, yeah, right? And then the shadow goes, whoa, did you do that on purpose? Uh, and Raph's like, of course. Here, take one of my size. Uh, he goes, exactly, watch my butt. Uh, oh, sorry, she goes, but He goes, exactly, watch my butt. So uh, flip on over here, and the werewolves are not happy. They're like, kill him, but do no harm to the girl. So Raffy goes, lucky you. Fan club perk, no doubt. So he goes, I'm so sorry about this, Raphael. And basically, Raph's like, ah, save the apologies for later. Let's take care of business. Uh, so he goes, watch my back. So he's attacking one on the left, and she's attacking one on the right. Um, so, hey, to Shadow's credit, she's able to evade pretty easily. Um, one takes a swipe at her. She dodges. She goes, hey. So Raph does that double kick, knocking um, two of the uh, werewolves out. And I love the stars <laughs> above them. Hmm. On second thought, maybe you ought to watch your own. <laughs> this part's great. So Raph, he kicks one. The werewolf falls into Shadow, causing Shadow to fall forward and stab Sloane. And Sloane uh, goes, Frig! <laughs> I can't imagine uh, what a, a werewolf saying Frig would sound like, but that's apparently what happens here. She goes, Frig, Sloane, is that you? He goes, Shh. I, when I first read this, I'm like, is she saying, Shh, like, don't tell? That's <laughs> me. But then you find out... um, she goes, oh, my God, Sloane, I'm so sorry. Sloane starts slowly transforming back into a human. She goes, Shadow, why? And Shadow goes, Sloane. And poor uh, Sloane. She goes, it is so cold and dark. She finally turns back into a human, and she's bleeding profusely. Poor Sh- Shadow's in shock that she killed her. And, uh, and now all of the other werewolves, they're not happy here. They're howling. And I think this is a really cool layout where you've got all these, these, um, werewolves looking and you got one right dead center looking directly at her and directly at Shadow and going, you've killed her. You've killed one of our sisters. But what blows my mind is Raphael, didn't Raph kill a bunch of them earlier? Or is this the first one to actually die? See, I guess apparently not. But here's the thing, like, Lila said not to hurt Shadow, and then they start swinging at her. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, this is true. 
So it's like, get over it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so the uh, the werewolves, they're howling out in pain and anguish. And now they're saying, kill them both. I thought this city had a leash law. Oh, that's a good that's a good line there. So you hear this voice, disembodied voice. You flip the page, and there are the rest of the turtles. You know, I kind of wonder if, like, um, like they got there earlier, but they were just, like, Leo's like, hang on, hang on, wait. I need a witty line. We need, I need my opportunity. <laughs> hang on. We got to wait for something to happen. And, like, he thought of it on the, thought of something, you know, uh, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Oh, then, got one. I got one. <laughs> wait, wait. No, don't jump in yet. Wait. Okay, they've done something. I thought this city had a leash law. <laughs> oh, meanwhile, like, Shadow Angel. almost got killed. <laughs> Nailed it, Leo. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, that's good. <laughs> good thing you woke up Splinter, Raph. Otherwise, you'd be facing this alone. And he says, man, am I glad to see you guys. Uh, and Donatello says, werewolves, a full moon, very interesting. And um, Shadow, quick, come with me. That's what Raphael says. And he grabs her, runs off with her. And she says, but, but what about Sloan? And the werewolves are all grr and... <laughs> looks like they're running towards the turtles to attack. And Leo says, compass formation, everyone, pronto. And Shadow's in the middle of them, and they are surrounding her. Um, Michelangelo says, my, what big fangs you have, Grandma. <laughs> and is that kibbles and bits I smell on your breath? <laughs> and uh, they, they start fighting, and, of course, they're, they're talking to each other while they're fighting. So Leo says, Raph, you really ought to keep us informed when you plan to go sneaking out at night. It took us a while to figure out where you were, another few minutes, and I guess he said uh, you would have been, you know, you would have been a goner or whatever. Raph says, I know, I know, but honestly, I never figured on things turning this way. But for Shadow's sake, I would have thought, or I should have thought worst case. So this is kind of like a uh, public service announcement, you know. <laughs> you always think worst case when you're dealing with kids. That is so true. Stick on so the true. safe side, folks. And I like the shot too of uh, Raph. Sorry, man. I, I was just saying this shot of Raph, that that middle panel one, that looks like Dooney's Raph right there. So I wonder if Dooney did help with some yeah, of the good layouts. Looking. Yeah, he's got like that trivein popping out of his head. <laughs> oh yeah, good point, man. Uh, yeah, that is that is a good shot. Uh, so the next shot is Shadow, and she's got another Beavis and Butthead look on her face, and she says, "What's Lilith doing?" And then she answers her own question. Hey, she's taking Sloane's body. And Lilith has Sloane, and she's running off with her. And, and no, it isn't Leo. See, I thought it was Leo in the first time I read through, because I was going to say, because uh, Raph throws some throwing stars. I guess that's Raph. But, because um, whenever Leo throws the throwing stars, people die. <laughs> but, Especially Rat Kings. And, yeah, and... uh See, Raph says, uh, not if I can help it, she ain't. And he throws the throwing stars whiz, throws two of them, sticks her in the back, three of them, and uh, hits her in the back. And she says, you, you have no idea what you've done this night of how this will affect the future. Shadow's future. And then Shadow says, uh-oh. And some night when the moon is full and the sky, yeah, the sky is wild with weather. That howling you hear beyond the whispering trees will not be a distant wind. We will come back for vengeance for Sloan. And then the cops show up and they says, freeze, don't anybody move. And then, of course, I guess Leo says, vanish. And they all vanish. And the cops say, what? They're gone. And what's that blood? <laughs> so I hope it's not blood Chris's blood. 
Ja, okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I thought you were setting me up for that. <laughs> Why? It didn't pay for that. Oh, my gosh. So he tells the, the one cop, tells the female cop, here, take this weapon. It's especially good at killing <laughs> living things. Oh, I'll tell you what, Slum or uh, uh, poor Shadow was about to be a uh... shadow sandwich. <laughs> and then the the wolves start to leave, and the cops say, "No, don't go." <laughs> no, not really. Okay, so they get their fresh blood, and uh, look over there, dogs, and they say, "Big hind end dogs." And, yeah, I guess they are big dogs, and blood, and uh, blood and fur. What do you think? Illegal dog fight. Beats me. I thought we were investigating a report of loud music. So, uh, yeah. So now we see Shadow's belonging. The scene cuts. Um, we see Shadow's belonging. She's got a skateboard. And um, I think it's the My Neighbor Totoro doll. Box that says, do not drop. A couple suitcases. Another box that's taped up. And it says, and that, as they say, was that. My last night in the city. April and Casey. Uh, cut their vacation short and returned, returned by morning. Most of my stuff got packed up in a couple of hours. I always love the and backgrounds of these, yeah, like the, the, the band names. Uh, she's got, uh, I guess apparently she spray painted shadow on the side of the wall there. I, I'm not sure, mm-hmm. but, um, it's outside of a deli. What, what do some of these, I can't really... So, so no, F- like- no effects, rancid, and then I see a Ramones poster. Really? Where? This, Where? this is on the, uh, right next to the deli, or on the side of the deli. Is the Ramones above the no FX? Uh, okay, you see where Shadow is? To the right of that, and yes. just below it, on the bottom right corner, is a Ramones poster. Oh, that's cut out. Oh, okay, wait. Yeah, when I zoom out, I can see it. Yeah, uh, you can okay. see that one pretty well. It says pity beside it. Yes, exactly. I was just listening to the Ramones yep. this morning, so there you go. Beat on the brat with a baseball bat. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't given time to say any goodbyes. Too dangerous, they said. I whisked into a car and off, out of the city, uh, through Connecticut. So there's a there's a cross up there on the hill. Mm-hmm. I wonder if there's like actually a, that's based off of a place in Connecticut. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, into Massachusetts. Okay. Into Hicksville, USA. Exit 18. Uh, only worse. And so there's a road that's going up a hill there. And uh, much worse. It says, living with a giant talking rat in a farmhouse. Living in a farmhouse with a giant talking rat. So I guess that's the farmhouse that mm-hmm. um, they went to, they went away to in, I guess, Tales Volume 1. Mm-hmm. Would it be? Okay. So a splinter is standing there beside <laughs> Sloan and come my child, a restorative cup of green tea will help to clear the mind and soothe the soul. And, and that same uh, dreadful dialogue box going to Spikes below it, she says, whatever. Whatever, yeah. Uh, that was barely five years ago. I spent the first year hating it all. How poorly people around here dress, how nearly everyone looks and acts the same. The pathetic lack of stores and museums and ethnic restaurants, besides Italian and Chinese. All the tea. <laughs> not just any, not just one particular. All of the tea. <laughs> and when the full moon approached, I'd become practically catatonic. 
By the second year, I started to loosen up. Appreciate my weird mutant family. Become less fearful of the night. I even began to dress just as badly as everyone else. Sloane would freak if she could see me now. Poor Sloane. Enough of the past. So she's been reading this diary the whole time. Or either writing or reading the diary the whole time. And the last shot, as she's looking up at the full moon, very detailed shot of the moon, and it says, What about the revenge Lila threatened? What about the future she promised? And it says, The end. Question mark. Mm. Yeah, so I like this. I like the development of Shadow's character here. She, you know, she adds a layer of depth to that cast of characters uh, that, you know, turtles just don't have right now because she she wasn't really trained like a ninja, uh, like the uh, four brothers were, obviously. But yet she's got a past, and and I love I always love the backstory with uh, Casey Jones taking her in, even though that wasn't her child. I always like that about Casey. And yeah, we get an extra element here, and it kind of teases some things that might happen with her in the future. So it makes Shadow interesting to me. And I'm a sucker for werewolves anyway, so anytime there was a werewolf involved in the X-Men or or now in the Turtles, I'm in. Like, I, instantly I'm hooked because they're my favorite kind of monster. Quite a weird issue, but all these Tales issues are weird. I mean, I think that's the, <laughs> that's the best way to describe it. Anytime you read a Steve Murphy type of story, it's going to be weird and it's going to make you think. Um, and this one certainly does that. What's your take, Jose? My take is... Don't drink the blood. It's nasty. Yeah, don't, don't drink the blood. <laughs> Stay away from. Somebody hands you a, a a cup of blood. Kindly pass. Yeah, they probably don't have your best interests at heart. I would say they're not your real friend. Uh, yeah. yeah, maybe. I, <laughs> I don't know. That. Uh, um, ugh. I actually liked the beginning of it, um, where she's sneaking out and all that. There were a lot of a lot of good things, but. I don't know. Werewolves just don't seem to be my thing. Okay, I understand I, that. I don't know. I, I don't know. I haven't really ever thought about it. No, they're not bad. I, I don't know. I just I'm kind of like impartial to them. Well, yeah. You know? well, see, this is just another great example too of how the turtles can do a little bit of everything. Um, you've get your. Yeah. I mean, gosh, you think about IDW. They've done everything so far. You know, they've done outer space. They've done um, uh, mysticism. They've done the Pantheon stuff. You know, same thing here in Volume 2 of Tales. You've got these horror elements that you can add into the foray here. You can literally do almost anything with the Ninja Turtles. Uh, superhero stuff, outer space sci-fi stuff, mysticism, all that stuff. And we've already gotten kind of a taste of every little bit of it. And I, I like scary-themed issues anyway, so this one kind of hit hit those areas. It's not a super groundbreaking story, but... It does add a little bit more depth to Shadow's character. It makes you care about her a little bit more um, and fills in, obviously, the gaps in, in what she's going through in Volume 4 as well. So, yeah, not, ba- not bad. And again, I love the relationship with Raph and Shadow, too. How Raph, when Casey's gone, he takes it upon himself to keep an extra close eye on Shadow, even though Shadow isn't like that at all. Not bad. Yeah. Not the, not the best, in my opinion. Not, not bad, though. Like it wasn't a, it wasn't painful to read it, you know. I mean, um, so that's that's always good, and you know, it, it had a lot of good one-liners, <laughs> so I always enjoy that. Yeah, like this sucks. 
this sucks. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I'm waiting to see how, how it unfolds. You know what I mean? Because I have a feeling that it'll be a while before it gets resolved. So... Ah, your guess is as good as mine. I have not read all the Tales issues, so I don't know if they go back to this or if this is referred to again in Volume 4. I'd have to go back and read the ones that I have. Um, yeah, I have no idea. I don't know if they ever did anything with it, so that'll be interesting to find out. And, I, and at least with the previous track record, usually... When they leave a door open like that, they don't they don't go back through that door for a long time. So if we get any more information about shadows passes where possible werewolf or anything, um, or or that the werewolves are going to come for her, I have a gut feeling it's not going to be for a long time. I could be completely wrong, but I've just got that yeah. feeling. So if they do that, I mean, I may come back and reread this because usually when I see the ending to something, I can go back and uh, like it gives me it gives me a, a new perspective on the the um the initial story you know what i'm saying and and honestly like i you know i don't think there's that much to it it's just it's just kind of like your your initial your 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 i won't say generic but just kind of like a run-of-the-mill setup story you know Mm -hmm. yeah i agree so so is this would would you put this as like where would you rank this one amongst the volume two stuff would this be behind uh, would this be your least favorite, or is the Worms oh. or Shredder Part Two still Worms Shredder Part Two still your least favorite? It's better. It's better than Worms Two. Um, I'd say honestly, it's probably better than Worms One. To, well, it's right around that area of the mm-hmm. of the first Worms. First Worms, I'd probably say is better just because it goes back to the Oroku Saki fight mm-hmm. and all that. Yeah, that was um, cool. Yeah. Honestly, though, none of these Volume 2 comics have been, like, bad, you know? No, no, no. Uh, none of them have been duds yet. I mean, I'll tell you, um, the, just like they were saying in the frontispiece or the uh, the intro, the, the, a few of the ones that are coming up, at least in my opinion, but I, I've noticed something as we've been doing this. In my opinion, the next few are really, really strong. Um, yeah. But you and I have sl- slightly different tastes. So Well, I, the next one looks right up my alley, the virus one. That that one, I, I just kind of looked at a couple pages of that, and it looks it looks really good. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the next um, issue, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, and then of course, you know, issue nine, the path, and then after that, or excuse me, I think it's Kadish, and then the path, or eh, vice versa. Maybe it's the other way around, but uh, yeah, some good ones. So, guys, we would love to hear for what you guys think of this particular issue. We haven't gotten a phone call in a little while. But I did notice that we did get a new review not long ago. So thank you so much, whoever you were, for taking the time to write us a review on iTunes. That always helps the show out. That's like the best thing you can do to help the show and get more eyes and ears on this podcast. So thank you very much for um, the recent reviews. And um, I think it's actually possible to give a like a, a star rating on Spotify now. Yeah, too. I may be yeah. mistaken on that. I think you're right. I don't know how to do it. But I, I think you're right. Um, yeah, and the nice thing about Anchor is we're on all these different platforms that we don't even really know. <laughs> and I, normally I use Apple um, Podcasts, but every now and then I'll, I'll find something on Spotify that isn't on Apple. So uh, I do use it from time to time. And, and yeah, if you wouldn't mind to give us a review there, that certainly does help the show a ton. We really appreciate that. 
Um, stay tuned, guys. Um, we have issue one 200 coming out soon. And like I said, we'll have a special guest, uh, we hope, on that one, a friend of the show. And if you want to send us an email, our email address is turtletalesradio at gmail.com. Or you can send us an, an email at our new email, which is turtlesforeverpodcast at gmail.com. That might be the one we kind of phase over into. Uh, and uh, you can always give us a call on our TurtleCom hotline, which is 865-309-4875. We would love to hear from you. Um, if it's about this particular comic issue, the one coming up, or anything about Ninja Turtles you want us to talk about, we would love to hear from you guys. And since it's summer, uh, Kirkland and I are going to be available a lot more to record, so we, we plan on uh, doing that. And hopefully we can uh, share any feedback that you guys have on these more recent episodes, so or these upcoming episodes. So guys, thank you so much for listening. And um, Kirkland, before we close this thing out, what type of pizza are we going to have to close out another Toby Tupler episode of Turtle Flakes? If I don't stumble over it. I brought you an anchovy pizza. Let's just eat that. Oh, all right. <laughs> you can have the anchovies, eh? I'll, I'll, I'll put more on your slice. Uh, you can have them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening. And on behalf of Kirk Leonardo and myself, here's to hoping you enjoy your friends, your family, and a mega slice of anchovy pizza. Oh, and the silver bullet topic. Cowbunga dudes! Yo, yo, Shinichi, go to Kutsai, yeah. Oh! Goodbye. Have a good one. <laughs> wow. I'll get it next time. You were really um, close that time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs>
basically you think you're big boss, but but I, but you're not. That's not really. I mean, it's been like seven years, guys. You know, it's not really. Spoiler, oh, you're good. But but <laughs> but you find out that big boss, like he's like trained this dude, and it's it's very it's actually very complicated. But like he trained this dude to uh, be like almost like his doppelganger while he's off doing something else. But anyway. The big buzz around it was, and, and this video lays it out really cool. It's called, uh, I think it's, Will Metal Gear Solid V's True Ending Be Revealed After Nine Years? But, like, the big thing with it was, was it was an open gear, open, like an open world type Metal Gear game. And the story was that Kojima got fired in the middle of it, which was really kind of unusual. It's like, I, I he had a falling out with Konami, and then after that, like, the company basically started sucking for the longest time. And the next Metal Gear game they made was horrible because he wasn't involved in it. It's called Metal Gear Rising or Revengeance. Or, or, I can't remember. Survival, Metal Gear Survival, something like that. It, it wasn't good. Um, but the, the video's premise is that Kojima basically staged all of that. And, and we know that there's like there's an online component where you've got nuclear weapons and if they all get disarmed, there's a video that plays, like worldwide, if every player on the server disarms their nukes or, or gets them disarmed, a video plays for, and, and the video is already out there because it played like artificially, but people think that there is a, a an ending after that because every other Metal Gear game has had three to five chapters and this one only has two, and even people from Konami says that it has at least less than four chapters. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, but the thing about it is, the game's called The Phantom Pain, which is very symbolic for the whole thing. Like, uh, the big boss character has a phantom pain because he's lost an arm. Uh, there was the phantom pain because the game was unfinished, so you felt like the pain, you know, like the pain of something that's not there. And there's these 40 nukes that can't be disarmed because they're phantom nukes. Because uh, I think part of them was people that don't, no longer play and you can't, like, interact with them. But I think Konami planted some there. I'm not sure, like four of them or something that can't be disarmed. And now they're like, no, you can't have the true ending, whatever. You know, we're not going to play that because you, you haven't done it fairly. Like somebody went through and like they hacked the code to disarm them to play that video. And like, yeah, they're like talking like they won't admit that there is another chapter. But they're talking like, you know, they're kind of like hinting very strongly that there is. And even Kojima, like the beginning of the game... Your character wakes up out of a coma, and the doctor's like, I'm afraid you've been in a coma for nine years or something. And Kojima's like, he's been tweeting stuff like, uh, it was around March this year, like, uh, I'm surprised I haven't woken up out of a nine-year coma yet, blah, 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 so on huh. and so forth. And, like, even in his interviews before the game came out, he says, "I'm my next game, I'm going to try to do something, and if it fails, I'll probably have to leave the industry. Cause it's And so... And it really kind of gets my hopes up because if anybody pulls this off, it's this dude. He's like a master at, at doing stuff like this. And he, so really what's being implied is that he staged his being fired from Konami. Their next game was crap, whether or not it's because he was involved or not, or, or he yeah. wasn't involved or, or, or like they actually staged it to be a bad game, which I could see him having a hand in that too, just to troll people. I mean, because that's like his, that's, that's like his whole thing. Like people love to be, you know how you like, you like dying in Dark Souls? That's like the thing there. Yeah. When you play a Kojima game, it's like, yeah, I kind of want to be trolled. I want to have my mind bent. And, uh, yeah, so like he staged, like staged that to where 
nine years later, maybe he could release the last chapter of this game. And like that would have never been done before. Like a game that you, you make the last chapter and then you wait nine years to release it, you know? And yeah, and, and like when he released it, here's another thing, like he didn't release, when they announced this release, they didn't announce it under Konami, they announced it under Moby Dick Studios, which is not uncommon for him. He gives like these weird names to studios, you know? And it's kind of like, yeah, we know it's Kojima. Um, but here's the thing, Moby Dick's like prevalent throughout, like the term Ishmael's in there. Um, one dude hallucinates about a giant whale. Uh, somebody is likened to Ahab. Um, but here's the thing, are you familiar with the release of Moby Dick when it was initially released, the book? No. Huh. The epilogue was not released with the book when it was first released. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. Why? Yeah, so a lot of people were confused about Ahab, like how he, like, like how did he survive or, or whatever. How's the narrator, or not Ahab, but Ishmael, how's, how's he telling this story if the whale killed them all, but it's revealed in the epilogue. Well, they also think, like, I mean, there's a reason he called it, like, you would think, like, those are just coincidences and whatnot, but Kojima goes into so much detail in his games, it, it's unreal. Like, one of his games, I can't imagine how much time he puts into just putting all these little details that people find 15 years later, you know? Uh, so it, it really, I mean, it's, it's a really cool video, but it, it, it kind of gets your hopes up. That also would imply that the Silent Hill game that they were going to do, Silent Hill, the uh, PT trailer, or PT demo, that everybody, like, you know, they'll pay hundreds of dollars for a PlayStation 3 that has one loaded up because you can't play the demo anymore. That kind of implies that that game was never meant to be. Because he got fired shortly after that. So, like, that kind of implies that he meant to do that, which kind of is cool, too, because that means if he comes back to come, I think, like, he is involved in a Silent Hill game right now. Wow. So, like, it's kind of like this mass setup. You know, we think that the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you know, it's got, like, <laughs> these big laid-out plans. But, like, this dude, he's thinking, I mean, years in advance for... And, I mean, he's been doing that since he started making the Metal Gear games. So, it's like... Yeah, anyway. I, he's ahead of his that... time, man. No, that's, that's, that's fascinating stuff, man. The foresight to have that, you know... Well, Nine just, years later, oh man, that'd be that'd be incredible. Because I'd love I'd love for him to come back. I now, granted, I haven't played a game since Snake Eater, <laughs> so it's been yeah. a while. It's been a while, but I'd love to I'd love to see a new one come well, out, dude, especially if it's breaking the fourth wall like that. The the audacity he's had to every game he's made, every Metal Gear game he's made has. If you really pay attention to it, there's been something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. So you said, yeah. yeah. Dude, I got to check check that video out now, man. I hadn't seen it. It's pretty good. Um, Between yeah. that and uh, Attack of the Show, I got to get caught back up on that. Oh yeah, that last one was pretty good. The, the last couple have been pretty good on those. Cool. There we go. <laughs> I can put some effects in that, and make it sound cool. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. All right, so I will take us into our episode. Here we Let go. Let me turn off his fan real quick. I just forgot it was on. It's hotter than blazes here. Oh, sure, buddy. Uh, hang on. Grayson's already wanted me. One sec. Yeah, bud. Grayson, I, I just filled your juice. I need I want to something. Well, Grayson, I don't know if we have any more paper. Hang on.
words of wisdom. And is that? Let me zoom in here. I can't. <laughs> yes, sir. I can hear you loud and clear. I don't know why, but that right input jack on my interface is going out. I don't know what's oh. going on, so I got to switch over. Tried to avoid using this mic because the dog keeps barking, but I think this is my only option. Oh, wow. Well, hey, oh, sorry yeah. about that. No, you're fine, man. I, I don't even hear the dog, so you're good. Yeah, man, but well, I was barking I right now. <laughs> oh, that might be why. <laughs> that wouldn't be the Golden Gate Bridge, would it? Ah, uh, no, is that Gold, San Francisco? Golden Gate Bridge, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's California. Yeah. Different side of the, they Boy, they went a long way. <laughs> they really got away. Onto the parkway. Dude, you, hey, dude, uh, you were on fire today, man. You were really funny. No. no. I, lo I love your reviews, man. You, you just got a funny way of describing things. Normal, normally when I, when I get up, right before I go to bed and right when I get up, I'm the most creative, but I'm just not today. Like, I woke up and I was like, shut up! <laughs> to the dock. Yeah, like all of my creativity just left with that shout. <laughs> it's like, shut up, shut up. And I'm just like hitting my bed, shut up. Oh, that's like that old, uh, oh gosh, I don't know if you've ever watched the Dave Chappelle show like back in the day. Uh, with, oh, yeah. With Rick James, like, stop it on the couch. Yeah. Shut up. Stop it on the couch. <laughs> Grinding his feet yeah. on the couch. Yeah. The darkness. <laughs> So you're just yelling at the says, dog. I think I have more sense than that. I wouldn't just go grinding my feet on somebody's couch. <laughs> yeah, I remember grinding my feet on his couch. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>